number three. Look, it's only been two episodes before this. And I have to say, I've spiraled into a dark hole of, have I done the right thing? Have I said too much? Does it look like shit? We're trying to update as we go. It's a journey. I'm shouting. He's trying to lower the volume so you guys don't die at home. Um, Yeah, we have this brand new mic. Even though I wanted a pink one, they were like, no, it sounds like shit. We got to go with this one. More profesh. You know, I took off the fabric from this chair. Soon we'll have nice, fancy pink chairs. And you guys can't even see this stuff. So who cares? Just like work on yourself, you know? Um, But I'm very excited to be here. I feel like this experience already for me has been very, um, mm, I don't know, transgressive. You know, I'm really growing. I'm really starting to like come into my own. I thought today's episode would be good for me to talk about my control issues. It's a good thing that this thing, this mic is on on a stand because I'd be trying to grab it. I'm a micromanager, man. I think it comes from my dad being a micromanager, but like I am the worst person ever, ever to drive with. Like you never, ever, ever want to be in the car with me because I'm just like, "Mm, eh." and I think that comes from me not having a lot of control in my life because I chose to be in this crazy industry. There's not really any control. I mean, I auditioned four or five times a week and it's like, it just goes into the universe. I know it's not like wow for me, but you know what I mean? It's hard to kind of keep going sometimes when you don't don't have control of anything. I got to just let go of control, but guess what? It's really difficult to. I wanted to I just want to hold on tight. I thought every episode we could start with something that's like kind of bothering me and then go from there on. And then another thing, I've been watching a lot of TV lately. Um I uh, I just watched the documentary, and I don't know if you guys are Billie Eilish fans, but I'm a huge fan. Like, I was into her when she pulled out Ocean Eyes, like, very early on. And I was just so mesmerized by how normal her and her family are. She has this, like, beautiful family setting, you know? They're musicians. They taught her everything. She recorded an album that won six Grammys plus in her childhood bedroom with her brother, Phineas who they have like a handshake and it's like, they're just like so connected. And I thought that was just so beautiful, like really staying true to who you are and like not giving that up for Hollywood because you look at all these celebrities and we chew them up and spit them out. I also watched the um, Free Britney documentary, who some of my friends were involved with. Very cool documentary, by the way, if you guys haven't seen it. Um, And I had no idea how you know, controlled she was and how much of a businesswoman she was and how really that was all taken away from her because she had to go through everything that she went through so publicly. Can you imagine you're having like the worst day of your fucking life, right? You're like, God, I don't want anyone to see me. Like, I feel like shit. I look like shit. And then all of a sudden there's like 40 men with cameras in your face, like asking you about your personal life. That sounds like a fucking nightmare, man. And then you don't have any control when you get to that point. Isn't it funny? Like I'm fighting to get to a point where I can just like let go of control. But eventually if I keep doing what I'm doing, like I'm going to get to a point where like it's just I'm not going to have that anymore. (laughs) So just enjoyed this time. I don't know. I've just been thinking about that a lot, how I've been fighting so hard to be part of an industry that sometimes I think is like kind of a piece of shit. 
Like we all look up to these celebrities and, you know, people who are getting to do what they love to do. But, you know, I don't know. I think sometimes people feel stuck in that. Like you see these big celebrities that don't feel like they have a life. So I'm hoping that I have more of like a Parker Posey existence where I make like really good films and people like really appreciate me, but people aren't like, who's she dating? What's she wearing? You know, I just don't want, I don't want my privacy to go away. So that's an interesting like fine line. Remember when celebrities were like unreachable and, you know, it was like this old Hollywood feeling and now you can like literally see inside everybody's homes and, you know, everybody's business and, you know, everybody's families. Like I miss the mystery. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm like, I'm a perv. I want to see everybody's everything. But like I miss the mystery of what that used to be like, you know, and I'm just trying to go with the flow more. This reminds me of, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this movie, but it's called Woman on Top. It's with Penelope Cruz, which is like the celebrity that I think I look alike. But then people are like, no, you look like Lady Gaga before the nose job. And I'm like, oh, okay. But um, actually, I look like olive oil from Popeye, like the cartoon version, because I got real skinny ankles and like big shoes. But Penelope Cruz is in this movie called Woman on Top. And everybody thinks it's like kind of a crappy movie. Not everybody. I mean, it's, I don't think it's like a renowned great movie, but I love it. And it's about this woman who basically like always needs to be on top, like always needs to be in control. Like when she has sex, she always has to be on top. And then when she drives, you know, she can't take elevators because she's so scared of like even losing control of that. And in the end, her like her husband basically cheats on her because he like, you always want to be on top. You know, the guy wants to be on top. And so she goes through this whole journey and it's just a beautiful movie. And Penelope Cruz is so hot. Penelope Cruz, if you're watching this, give me a call. I would like to scissor you. <laughs> is, that too, is that too dark? Should we cut that? No, keep it in. I mean it. Penelope Cruz, call me. Trib session. You, me, comedy store. I dare you. <laughs> Today's caffeine is brought to you by Hey Hey in Echo Park. Like, I love this stuff, man. It, it's passion fruit green tea. And you know what? I quit coffee three years ago because I have some acidity issues because, like, I'm an old Jewish woman, as I said. But this tea, like Claritin D and Diet Coke and the strawberry drink I had the other day, make me feel like I'm flying or like having a pan attack, panic attack, pan attack. This new mic is a weird experience for me because I like to hold things in my hand and squish it until they can't go, get anywhere. This whole experience has been so um, bizarre for me because honestly, I've had like such an obsession with like People can know a lot, but like not too much. Like I'll show people my camel toe, but then I won't tell them how I'm really feeling. And so I've had like sleepless nights already with just two episodes done. And I hope it's like, I hope it's helping someone. I don't know. I hope someone out there is listening and is like, yeah, I feel the same way. On New Year's, I went to Chicago and I had Beef Wellington for the first time. Have you guys experienced the magnificence that is Beef Wellington? It's a steak with breading around it, which is like doesn't get any better than that. It's like a fancy cheeseburger, but without the cheese, I guess. It's a fancy hamburger. Beef Wellington. Not only is it a delicious fancy food, but it's definitely also the murderer from Clue. <laughs> that makes me laugh. Beef Wellington in the library with the candlestick. I love Clue. Do you guys remember it? Did you ever see that movie? 
Tim Curry is my original OG crush. I watched Rocky Horror Picture Show way too early, like way before I should have. And that's like where my sexuality came from. So I like, I really have a thing for like hot men in dresses and in pearls. Like I just have like, mm, I think that's why I'm so obsessed with drag queens because it's everything I like in one. You know, it's like just a hot, confident man in women's clothing. Men even do the women thing better than us. That's kind of unfair. Like it's not like we can't even be bitches as women. But if like a man dresses up like a woman, he can act like a total fucking bitch. Isn't that unfair? It's so unfair. I was um, I was getting my butt in out yesterday, and I was thinking about this analogy. I was trying to like find an analogy where it fits. Like it's like it's even easier for men to eat butt because like we sh we wax everything, and it's just like a free road as to taint to everything connected, open road. If I want to eat a butt, do you know how much pubic hair I have to get through to get there? Equal rights for women eating ass. Equal rights. Jade, what do you think you're most passionate about? Well, let me tell you. I just don't understand how guys have hairy assholes. Like, how do you, how do you wipe your asshole, sir? Like, how much shit is just sitting in your butt at all times? Jesus, I really wanted this to be like somewhat of a clean podcast, but that that went down the road when I talked about tripping Penelope Cruz. Penelope Cruz. Ah, oh, man, celebrities, they're just like us. Those really bother me, those pictures that are like celebrities shopping or like celebrities with their kids. Like, they're just like us. Like, yeah, we know. They're fucking humans. <laughs> They're just like you and I, and yet we put them on these like crazy pedestals and we we like listen to them so much more aggressively rather than people who know what they're talking about. Like, you know what I mean? It's like it's like me talking about politics. Like, what are we doing? Like I I listen to Radio Lab, but I don't know anything. Just me slurping again for two hours. COVID is like slowly releasing and I don't know if I'm ready for it. Like, I don't know if I'm ready for things to be back normal. Like, I kind of enjoyed having a reason to cancel on every plan I made. <laughs> you know, I like, I love making plans just to cancel. It's true. Like, and now I don't have an excuse. They're like, well, you don't have COVID anymore. So go for it. By the way, Texas, it's too soon, babies. I know that people are getting vaccinated and that you guys are your own country and everybody has big dicks and guns over there, but... It's too early. I mean, think about it. We're just getting vaccinated now. Why let go of the mask thing? Like, just hold on two more months. I mean, nobody wants to see your busted teeth anyway. Just keep the mask on and so we can get the kids to school so moms can have a life again and we can interact and people can stop dying. How about that? I don't know. I just get, I just get angry because it's like I finally was going to get on the road and now I'm like kind of nervous because, you know what I mean? I'm going to be doing comedy, a room full of people, if I sell any tickets, a room full of people just spitting COVID towards me. Ha, ha, ha. Look how much just, just spit, just spits. I don't know why this made me think of this, but we went to a strip club in Montreal many years ago when I was still in college. And like the weirdest, funniest thing happened that I'll never forget the visual of it. We're in the front row. I'm with like my little sister. I'm not, she's not like super little then. She's like in her twenties, but she has her back to the stage and like we're kind of like 
like there's this guy on stage he has a kilt on kilt quilt kilt yeah it's kilt right quilt is like the blanket wow immigrant moment and he has a kilt on and he's like kind of masturbating underneath it and like he goes like this and releases and like a little string of cum is still connected to his hand and we were all like ew bro like making fun of him but none of this my sister couldn't see any of it so she's like laughing and then as she turns he's right there and she literally just gets like face in his balls like that would never happen in the usa never you can't even find male strip clubs really anywhere but montreal man what a good time Good time. I miss those days where I was like in college and my butt still had like lift. We went to another strip club that night and this one stripper would bring men on stage and they thought that they were like going to get some, you know, so she brings them on stage and they're all feeling lucky because they're like on stage and then she lays them down and like takes off their belt really sexy and then she just starts slapping the men with the belt and they're like, what the fuck? Like they're just getting abused by this Canadian stripper. Like you like that, you know? And then they brought me up on stage and they were like trying to like rip all my friends clothes off. And instead of helping them, I just slowly fell into a straddle. Like I really actually enjoyed the process. Stripping's hard work, man. You just, you've got to dance a lot for just like a few bucks. I mean, eventually they add up. Don't get me wrong. Like I've seen the wads of cash that these strippers have on TikTok. There's a challenge where like you start speaking really slowly and then it gets like kind of like an aggressive tone and this one stripper is like people say that stripping isn't like a real job and then it's like how about this loaded like she just has loads and loads of dollar bills how do you deposit that do you go to a bank and just go like i got a hot ass i really did well this song really works for me i guess everything is in cash but yeah strippers hard workers man shout out to you i have a friend who stripped for a while um, she was just like a really good dancer and a really big athlete. And so she was like, I'm going to do this. And we were like, yeah, right. And then she really did it. And for her birthday party, she's like, I'd like you all to come to my strip club and I'd like to strip for you. And we were like, are you sure? And then I actually brought a date. I was like, one of my friends is a stripper. Do you want to come to her birthday party? And he's like, yeah, okay. So we go and I actually brought another friend who didn't really know her and we just saw everything. We saw the inside. We saw the outside. And it was so impressive. Like, just the freedom. I wish I had that freedom. You know, I'm so stuck into like, well, then I'm not going to get a network job. But guess what? Seth Rogen sells weed. And he's, I mean, I guess he's Seth Rogen. You have to be somebody before you just do whatever the fuck you want. But, man, that bothers me. I wish I was, like, more free. I wish I just got to say whatever I wanted and was like, no, I stand by that rather than like saying it and then being like, oh, maybe we should cut that part. Like, maybe we should cut that part. I don't want my parents to hear that. I wonder if people feel like, you know, more freedom when their parents are gone and they can just talk about things and not get in trouble with them. I think people, people maybe don't care, but I care so much. I care so much. If I didn't care so much, maybe I wouldn't do this. I wonder where this need for validation came from because my parents like hugged me a lot. Like we were a very, very codependent family. Very Cody. I like saying Cody for codependent. Very Cody. <laughs> like we would go to Gap and we would have to get one of those big fitting rooms because my entire family would be in there trying on jeans. I'm like, dad, my dad would just be like reading a book. He just like wanted to be a part of it. <laughs> we're like, do we all need to be in this dressing room? I'm really codependent. I, I'm getting better, but thank God I have this dog now. Cheryl can be Cody with me. But yeah, I was that girlfriend that was like, hold my hand. All my exes would be like, I'm brushing my teeth. Stop. You know? 
But I figured out that I'm codependent all by myself. So <laughs> look at that. I've gone to a couple of CODA meetings, which is like the um, AA for codependent people. I've seen some people there. I won't mention any names. Um, but it was so interesting um, listening to all the people t talk about their codependency. And ultimately, I was just like, so that's normal. I do that. Everybody I know does that. <laughs> and, you know, COVID's really forced me to kind of take a look at that and how much of my validation came from being like codependent with my friends and my family and all that stuff. But also it made me realize that I actually don't really know anybody. Like for comics, there's this thing that's really beautiful and really wonderful. Um, when you're a comedian, you're kind of part of this community. And the longer you've been in it, the more people you feel close to. Because, you know, every show that you do is kind of an experience that you share with that person. I mean, like it might be a really bad show or a really great show, but you always have that memory and you kind of become like a little family. And Anywhere you go, if you run into any of those people, it's like, oh, thank God this person's here. And I realized that like, I'd say 90% of people, I, I don't even know their fucking last names. Like I would, I like these people, I'd, I'd you know, I'd go to, to bat for them. I'd really like defend them in a public setting. And yet I don't even know a lot of these people's last names. I don't know where they're from. I don't know a lot of their intimate things, except there's, I know they're set and I know their whole like hustle. So it's really made me like take a closer look at like, you know, who my closest friends are and how much I want to be involved in people's lives that I know. Once that whole, this whole pandemic, you know, evaporates, I think we're going to be left with a lot of post-traumatic stress that nobody's really like understood yet. I mean, let's not even talk about that. Let's talk about, holy shit, this vaccine. Okay, you get the vaccine, fee you, you're safe. You won't go to the hospital. You won't die from COVID, but... What are the side effects? Like, are you going to grow a fourth nipple on your asshole? Like, what's happening? Like, is something weird? We don't know. Like, are there going to be birth defects? Are there going to be weird? Like, you just wake up in the middle of the night. You're like, Kaka! like, I don't know. But it could be weird. I have another bone to pick. I think it's so cute when people have, like, birds as pets. It's so cool. You get a little cockatoo. You get a little. But there are some people who own birds that are, like, dinosaur style birds that like yell I mean I used to live in front of this guy who had a bird who yelled so I won't even do the sound but it was like blood wrenching blood wrenching is that a thing yeah it was just like the most like heart curdling just like a horrible sound you could ever hear it was so loud it would wake me up um in the morning and I thought oh my god this bird is getting abused this bird sounds like he's screaming for his life. Like, you know, when someone's ripping your hair out and you're like, ah, like that's what the bird sounded like. But it turns out those kinds of birds, they yell and they sing when they're happy. So I was like, God damn it. This bird's happiness leads to my unhappiness, <laughs> leads to my sadness and to my anxiety. It was so loud. But over time, you know, I kind of just was like, it's part of my morning routine, brushing my teeth, Ka -ka! brushing my teeth, Ka -ka! you know, eating my breakfast. Ka -ka! going to bed, nah. the bird was just like living its best life. It was just making me fucking nuts. So I moved away from that, sitch. But I guess you get used to anything. You kind of become jaded. <laughs> I always think about this, like, you know, guys that drive trucks. There was a truck that, um, was it a, 
a bus stop once and it was uh, all pigs in the back. And I, I just, horrible. It just smelled like shit. And then, you know, you, I feel horrible for the pigs because they're such intelligent animals. Honestly, I'm a carnivore because I'm Brazilian and I would be disowned if I didn't eat meat. I also love, 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 love meat. But God, I have the mentality of a vegan. I, I don't want to harm animals. Pigs are so intelligent. Cows are so fucking cute. Um, but once you drive that kind of thing every day, I think you just get numb to it. Like you don't even smell the shit anymore. It's like men who work in fish markets. They just smell fishy at all times. Just like just fish boys day and night. I guess I'm lucky that I don't drive a pig truck and I should count my blessings. I should quit meat one day, just like go with all vegan stuff. But you know my problem with that? It's like, what's really even good for you? Because I feel like a lot of these soy products are bad for you, like horrible for you. Be disappointed before the episode starts and then you don't have any expectations. But somebody taught me that. If you expect something to be a certain way, it's always gonna be a disappointment. I think a better way to be is just like expect nothing and then gain everything. Because that way, it's like, I didn't expect anything from this, but I got everything. Well, I'm really random today, Cody. I'm really sorry. I want to blame it on not holding the mic. I really do miss holding the mic. I know this sounds better, but there's something to holding it. Like, and everybody holds their mic differently. And it's really like, it shows your personality, like where you hold it. I like to hold mine at the very base of it. I talk about this all the time. I've seen my evolution of, of mic holding throughout the years from all the pictures. That's another thing. You know what? Pictures and stand up. That did not used to be a thing. When I started, do you know how difficult it was for one to just get anybody to come to a comedy show? But two, like there was not a lot of photographers, which I'm actually, I was glad at the time because when I do stand up, I look so fucking ugly. I'm like, you know, it's like constant and I'm really lost in my, in my um, physicality and all that stuff. And now it's like, that's now there's like, if you go to a show and there's not a photographer, you're like, what kind of a ghetto show is this? No, you know what? I don't want to use that word in a negative way because we're trying to learn. It's just like a shitty show. And, um, and I don't know. I don't know if I love it because I would say 90% of pictures of me on stage look like I'm having a tiny stroke. And so I'd love to like just have the freedom back of doing stand-up. P.S. I did my first stand-up show since like COVID, really like my first actual one in front of people. And oh man, it was such a roller coaster for me. I mean, it used to be a thing that I just did every night and I didn't think about it twice. You know, I'd get nervous on big shows and if people that, you know, I cared about were there. But I was so nervous the whole day. I could feel like my anxiety about it. And I almost shit myself on the way to the show. I'm just going to tell you that. Like not physically, but just like, oh, I was like, I'm not going to do it. I, I don't want to do it. And you know, when you're standing um, off stage about to get on, this was also just like in a parking lot. When you're standing there, it just looks so big, you know, just endless. Like there's all these people and it all matters so much. And I'm so nervous. And what are my jokes? What's the person in front of me going to, you know? And then you literally get on stage and your point of view changes so drastically. It's mind boggling. I mean, all of a sudden, this humongous, scary thing becomes so attainable. And like, you're just looking out into a parking lot of a bunch of dudes and like fold out chairs. Like, this is what I was scared of the entire day. This, 
This guy has a cooler like in a parking lot. I'm fine, you know? And so I wish I could get to that point again where I'm like desensitized and I'm just like enjoying it. Hopefully this helps, but it's such a trip, man. I feel like I used to feel on open mics. Like if I knew I had an open mic when I first started and it was like at eight o'clock at night, starting at 10 in the morning, I was already fucking freaking out. And, you know, I've talked a lot about this already, but I'm still trying to figure out like my rhythm of writing and like how to write and like how to test things out when I'm not going up all the time. And it's, it's, it's been tricky, icky, icky. It really has been. I don't even know what I want to talk about anymore. I don't think I ever did. And like, I'm dying to do a late night show, like a a five minute clean show, but it's very difficult for me to do clean material. I guess I'll just do my, my new five about beef Wellingtons. What do you guys think? Oh yeah. She's the food comic. Yeah. She's really hitting on all the beef Wellington jokes. (laughs) That's what I want to, that's what I want to do. Just do food comedy. So I'm talking about real bread, not fake bread. You guys, how are we ever going to make it out of this? Are we ever going to be normal again? Is there, is there just going to be a new normal or do we just go right back? Because it feels like people are so sick of this pandemic. Like we can't go through multiple disasters all at once, right? Like, you know, when the Black Lives Matter movement happened, people were just like, COVID who? COVID what? You know? And now it's, people are just sick of it. They're just ready to be together raging. I'm not. I'm still scared. I could be wearing 10 masks and I would still be scared. I'd be like Princess and the Pea. Did you ever see that Broadway show? I was so excited because once I took a course that was the bird in the cage from the Broadway show and I was like, look at me. Guess who my teacher was? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, I stand by this, and I don't care if anybody makes fun of me for this. Sex in the City, movie part two, is the best worst film that's ever existed. Best line in a movie. Are you ready? Some man wrote this, by the way. Obviously, a guy wrote this. I don't know if he was gay or straight, but a man wrote this, and Samantha's character. Samantha's the character who says it. She, so they're in the desert in this like they're in this fancy tent. They're all in like fancy moo-moos, and this hot guy comes up on a on a camel and Samantha my favorite character who is not coming back for the re, like the reboot it's bullshit she goes oh my god queen of a no she goes king of arabia more like king of my labia <laughs> what i'd like you to show me one group of women who talk like that and i will give it to you sex in the city that's the best more like king of my labia <laughs> God, I miss Samantha. She was like the slutty character. Everybody has their like, who are you in Sex and the City? And I, I'm just a little bit of each, you know? I'm every woman. She's on her knees. I really need to write some things down before I do this podcast. <laughs> 
like last night in bed, I like sat awake thinking of all this thing, like all the stuff I wanted to talk about and all the things I needed to talk about. And then I get here and I'm like, what the fuck are we doing here? Why am I doing this? But I'm doing this because I don't know, hopefully it's entertaining and people bond, bond with me, bond with me, get on my nipple, suck this milk. (laughs) That's going to be a weird thing. My sister is pregnant right now and I didn't know this, but you leak from your breasts when you're pregnant. That's a trippy thing. You just look down, you're leaking out of your nipple. That can't feel right. The whole pregnancy thing has got to feel so fucking weird. I barely can. I can barely take when I have gas. I was like so bloated the other day. I was like, I can't make it, you know? And then you have a child growing inside of you. And you know what? Unlike any other mammals, humans, like... they steal all our nutrients. Babies are just like these little monsters that are taking everything that you eat and just and just take it all away from you until you're drained out and then you deliver this tiny raisin and you're like, this is all my nutrients in one human. And I wonder if, you know, if you're a baby in the belly, I wonder how much happens then. I wonder how much you develop. We were talking a little bit about this on the last episode. Like how much are you born with and how much is, you know, happening. Sometimes I literally can't remember any language, like Portuguese or English. My friends used to make fun of me because past 9 p.m., if you want to talk to me, like, I don't, no words come to me. But something happens to me when the lights are shining. I just like, sometimes I just go fully blank. I, um, I just got my boyfriend's to try wearing contacts and it's such a funny process he's basically blind you can't have it all he's hot what are we gonna do and uh the lady uh when we went to pick up the contacts right as we're leaving she goes is this his first time wearing contacts and I go well is it honey and he goes well I had him when I was a kid but yeah so basically the first time and she goes uh okay like she was just so overwhelmed with having to put them in his eyes and I was like it's fine we got it like How hard can this be? You're just putting like a little piece of plastic into your eye. Like I do it every single day, you know? And we get home and I kid you not, it took me a full hour to get these contacts into his eye. And by the time I got him in, both of his eyes were so bloodshot, he could barely see. And he like was like, I don't want to do this. I had no idea. His his eyelids are stronger than my fingers. (laughs) Like that's how strong he is. I was just like... I had no idea that some people could not do that. I thought it was just like a given that you could just open your eye and touch your eyeball. And like, I knew how to do this trick too. Ever seen this one? That can't be good for me. I just caught COVID by doing that. Um, (laughs) I had no idea that some people like have such a difficulty putting shit in their eyes. Are you that way? I am like, everything goes. But that just goes to show how like, I have no idea how the other side lives. All you people out there just wearing glasses, not having the eye contact experience. I thought about getting laser eye surgery, but then it scared me. I'm like, if I can have it all here now and then get old later, gracefully, I'll do that. I'm just kidding. I have Botox. (laughs) Getting Botox was such a fun experience. I was so scared because, you know, you see these like horror stories. Like I had a friend who did um, a Groupon Botox and I'm like, why would you do this? Groupon is not for stuff like that. It's for like weird double dates and like swan rides at the park. What are you doing? What are you doing? It's your fucking face. It's your moneymaker, bitch. Um, She did Botox and one of her eyes was just permanently like this for like three months. (laughs) And she was like, never again. I was like, maybe don't use a Groupon. But um, I go to a great doctor. 
Shout out to Dr. Rifkin. Hopefully I can get some free Botox. And I just do a little bit between my eyes, but I have to admit, something when you do it, it just really changed your whole... Getting old is a trip, man. Before the age of 30, I never even thought twice about my neck. It's just a neck. It's just a thing that's in between my collarbone and my head. But now all of a sudden I'm like, what's up with my neck? Why is my neck in such a hurry to get to the ground? Let's not do this. I feel like that's the first thing you can tell when women are getting older. Hands and neck. And it's fucked up because I get my nails done all the time and it's basically just putting my hands into tanning, tanning beds at all times. Like... Hope I can stay young forever. Double-jointed. Never been able to use that for anything. I really should just be the double-jointed girl on TikTok. Did we talk about TikTok last time? A little bit? I can't remember. I, um, I've been really, really trying to get on TikTok. And TikTok is the most difficult thing I've ever experienced. I cannot do it. You people out there that are doing it effortlessly and make it look so easy, like, how do you do it? How do you close captions so quickly? I got on TikTok as an adult and being on TikTok as an adult is like having hemorrhoids for the first time. Like you get them and it's horrible and then you figure out that everyone's had them all along. Like I got them like three years ago and I was like, oh man, I got hemorrhoids. My friends, me too. They didn't even let me finish the sentence. Everybody's just got hemorrhoids and they're walking around like they don't. Like they got non-hemorrhoidal butts, but they don't. Everybody, everybody poops. So hey, everybody gets them if you're pushing too hard. And you know I am. I have control issues. So I'm sitting like, the only thing that's worse than figuring out that all your friends are on TikTok is seeing all the old SNL cast members on Raya. <laughs> it really broke my heart. Yeah, man. It's like I, I, was on, I was on Raya for a short stint. It was real fun. I connected to a lot of people. Like I had a crush on this girl forever. Like I was in a relationship and we both were like, oh my God, if we could meet this girl and I ended up going on a few dates. So it's like a cool way to, to connect. Kanye's on Raya. I wonder who's matching with him. I wonder if that affair thing was real. Did you hear about that? When he had, he had supposedly an affair with that makeup artist. It was like very flamboyant. God, man, I just want to know it all. It's like, you know, the more they show, the more I want to know. They got the formula right. It's the last season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Big news. What am I going to not watched now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love the Kardashians. I really do. You just feel like you know them, you know, but you don't know them at all. Have you ever done that where you like saw a celebrity, like not even a celebrity, just like someone you recognize and you think you know them for a second. And then you're like, oh no, I don't know them. I, they're just on TV. I had the craziest thing happen. Harriet the Spy was my favorite movie growing up. I'm talking about, I've seen it like more than Selena, which is another movie that I love. Anything for Selena. J-Lo's best performance to this day. But um, so Harriet the Spy. So on my birthday, I was talking about Harriet the Spy because I still eat tomato and mayonnaise sandwiches, which is disgusting. But I still eat them because I, I, I love it from the movie. If you haven't seen the movie, it's about this like little girl spy and her best friends. And they like, you know, they crack, they crack the mystery down. And she used to have like a little journal that she used to write all the things. And I'm talking about this movie and somebody is like, hey, you idiot. Vanessa's in that movie. Vanessa's one of my best friends who I talked to on the daily. And she was a child actress. She was in Jurassic Park, like a million movies. And I finally put it all together. And I was looking at the photo the other day. And I'm like, holy shit, dude. You know, it's so crazy. I've been friends with this girl indirectly, like in my mind, since I was a kid. I just found this photo. That's Vanessa. 
Shout out to Vanessa. God, I love you so much. Isn't that bizarre? So I have been, I have been friends with her forever. I just didn't know it. What a beautiful story, man. But yeah, that happens to me every once in a while. Like I'll see someone and I'm like, where do I know them from? And I'm like, oh, my television. <laughs> and I have also had that happen with me, like where I like people see me and they kind of like say hello. And, and then I'm like, hi. And then there's that moment of like, oh, I don't, I don't know you. I remember I saw um, a really hot guy from Game of Thrones and he's like in the parking lot of that Joe's pizza actually. And he's in the parking lot and we had been watching a lot of game of Thrones at the time. And we just go like, Hey, and he's like, Hey, and he can't really see us from a distance. So he's like, starts walking up to us to say hi. Like he thinks we're friends because we said, Hey, so confidently. And then as he's getting closer, we're like, Oh, no, we, we don't know. We, we, we don't know you. We don't know you. We don't know you. We're just fans. And he's like, Oh, okay. Thanks. I love that because it's like, they're just like us celebrities. They're just like us. I don't know. You hear these horror stories of like, I never want somebody to meet me on a shitty day and me be a bitch. And then they go, she's a bitch. Not that I'm ever like that, but I feel like people get bad reps. And with social media now, it's like, there's not rumors anymore. Remember when there was like gossip and rumors that nobody could really like disprove, but we all knew them. Like, remember when there was a rumor? <laughs> I don't know if anybody remembers this there was a rumor that Marilyn Manson removed one of his ribs so he could suck his own dick did you ever hear that did he ever do that man all that stuff that's happening with him now oh man all that stuff it's like everyone is like is there a dude who didn't sexually harass a, a thousand women in Hollywood Ron Jeremy is in jail when I told that story about the rash the other day I didn't know that he just looks so sad in there I mean I'm sure the women are Fuck, I just, it's like nobody wins, dude. Just get consent. How hard is it? Honestly, I never would want to be with someone who doesn't want to be with me. Like, what's hot about that? I think it's disgusting. I think it's gross. And I think that a lot of women have had to go through similar experiences. I know, like, as a kid, a lot of my, like, first experiences were fully traumatic. I lost my virginity in a closet at a party because why not? I used to tell this on stage, but right beforehand, we were really nervous. And so we chugged a bunch of pina coladas. And then we later found out no alcohol in them. <laughs> there was just pina colada mix. I smell it and I like have trauma still from it. I'm like, whoa. But like, so I had sex and um, I didn't break my hymen the first time. I remember having sex the first time and being like, I'm having sex. This is sex. So hot, right? And then when I finally broke my hymen, I was in this dude's car in his Bronco I want to say his name so bad, but I can't. But so I, I lost my hymen that day and he told everybody, he told everybody that I bled in his car and I kept dating the guy and having weird sex with him. Like, what the fuck, man? It's so messed up. I think as women, we feel like we have to in order to be cool. Like I wanted to be cool. I wanted to roll with the cool girls who gave blowjobs. And now I look back and I'm like, man, what a... What a mistake I made. I wish that I had like really held on, you know, and I, and now girls have so much more control. And I think that's such a beautiful thing, but it's like still happens like on a daily basis. Women are still getting assaulted and getting raped. Like what the fuck, man? What the fuck? And it's not even up to us. You know, like I love when people are like, well, you do, shouldn't have dressed so slutty. Man, the whole me too thing was. I feel like it's just passing through and now finally we're catching these guys when the me too thing first happened I was like very single 
So it was hard for me because like men were too scared to ask me out at the time because the whole Me Too thing was happening. Like construction workers weren't even like going like, you're sick, you're hot, you know? Like I'd bend down and some guy would be like, what do you want from me? And I'd be like, equal opportunities. I just told that backwards. The guy's supposed to say that. Man, I really need to refresh my hour. I'm going to get to Texas and it's going to be a bunch of maskless dudes holding guns like and me being like, I don't remember my jokes. <laughs> it's going to be a wild adventure, man. I wonder how people are even doing comedy out there if people are wearing masks or not. If I catch COVID on the road, that would be the worst fucking thing. I'm such a person of comfort. Like I can't imagine being sick anywhere. And by the way, I've been wearing masks forever because I'm really self-conscious about uh, sleeping with my mouth open, which I do. I'm like, like I just full zombie mode. And I used to wear masks on plane already, on planes already because I was really self-conscious and I just didn't want people breathing and just spitting into my mouth while I was sleeping. <laughs> if I'm awake and I tell you to, go for it. I hate when people like don't kiss fully with their tongues. Can we talk about this? This is a really important subject for me. I say that there's not a thing, not such a thing as bad kissers. I don't think bad kissers exist. I think that there is just kissers that don't blend with your own style. Like, you know what? I might think you're a horrible kisser and you don't give me enough tongue, but some other girl or some other guy could be like, that's perfect. That's just the right amount of tongue. It's like the little bear situation. She went in, there was too much tongue. She went in again, there was not enough. And then she met someone who gave her just the right amount. But yeah, it's like, kissing, I guess, is like comedy. It's subjective. I mean, I guess you could be real bad. Like, you know? My sister hates when my boyfriend and I kiss in front of her. And we're like, just the sweetest little peck. She's like, it's gross. I'm like, you have no idea how gross it is when you're not around. Just be lucky that we're not like I like I really like getting in there if you don't like that if you don't want to go down on me if you don't want to do like why are you we talk about this every episode I'm gonna hit on I'm gonna be like fuck you dude if you're the kind of guy who doesn't go down on your lady like get out figure out your own trauma before you try to please a woman DJ Khaled I don't know if this is a rumor but you said you never go down on your wife that like stuck with me like somebody else does, by the way. If you're not doing it, she's getting it from someone else. I've been trying to deal with this control thing because it's really getting to me. Like um, my boyfriend stained my couch the other day and I was like, what? Get out, you know? Um, and then it's like, I'm going to have kids eventually, hopefully, and there's going to be shit everywhere. So I have to deal with it before, before we do that. But like guys don't notice that stuff. How do I get to the mindset? If people are listening and they can help me out, honestly – like, what do people do if they're OCD? Because I have it all the time. Like, if things are not right, I, I honestly, it doesn't sit right with me. And it's this, this really, really uncomfortable feeling. Like, honestly, if there's like a stain or a rip or like something's not ironed, like it, it really bothers me. I don't know where it stems from, but like, I definitely want to start letting go of it. So if people have secrets, please do tell me because I'm trying to let go of it. Guys don't care. Guys' apartments are covered in cum. They just come everywhere. You can't see it. You could blacklight it, MTV style. Remember Room Raiders? <laughs> How did they get away with doing that show? They would like fake kidnap a teenager and then they would go through their underwear drawer and like they're with black lights and shit. It's, just, it's so inappropriate. 
I would always be nervous. Maybe that's where my trauma comes from. I'm always scared that somebody's going to kidnap me and go into my house with a black light trying to find cum all over my stuff. And believe me, you'll find it. I might wipe it to the blind eye, but that black light catches you. Cum is gross, man. The power of cum. Cum makes the world go around. It's not money. Everything that we do is to have sex. Everything that we do is to feel powerful and have sex. And then eventually make money, I guess. But we want to make money to have sex. So I don't know. It's a, it's a circle of life. Cum is gross, but can you imagine if we found out that cum is the thing that removes stretch marks? <laughs> it's so fucked up that we get stretch marks. Like anything else can be removed or fixed, but not stretch marks. Once you stretch that skin out, you're dead. You've got those zebra stripes for life. And I've like finally started to accept mine, but if you gave me a magical cream that could make it go away, I'd love it. And if that was cum, wouldn't that be so funny? <laughs> Oh my God, Maria, you look incredible. How did you get your, your zebra lines to go away? Oh, cum. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you just rub cum all over it and we try to market it. We'd make it something fancy like cum. Mmm, cum. Maria, where did you get that cum? Well, fresh out of the dick, sweetheart. I just sucked it right out. Put it in this vial. <laughs> oh, I want to do that. I want to sell cum and just go, it's the magic elixir. Put it all over yourself. People have said that there's like, you can eat like, you can eat placenta, which is really gross or like, you know, baby's blood. I've heard that. But cum, maybe cum is, it's got protein. So maybe that, that is the answer to it all. The commercial would be like Charlize Theron coming out of a pool of it. And she's like, good. <laughs> She can't even open her eyes because it would burn too much. She'd be like, ah! <laughs> oh, the way we'd figure that out is like, because no dudes ever have stretch marks on their stomach. You know, they just like, they splooge all over their stomach and rub it in. And then they're like, whoa, sick. It'd be so fun to be a guy. I just want to be a guy. It's like, you know what it is? It's just like, it's just so, f I just want to pee standing up. Every time I have to pee in public, I just get so angry. I'm like, you get to pee standing up. You can even sign your name with your dick. And I have to go play a game of how close can I get everything that matters to me to the ground? That's not fair. I used to have a Papa Squat joke. And like 80% of my photos from that year of me popping up on a squat, like popping a squat on a, on a stool, which is like so hacky. Like what's worse than popping a squat on a stool? Fucking a stool. That's the only other worst thing. Or like taking your mic and like hitting it, you know, like, you know. I don't care. I'll be a hack. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, that's it. That's it for me, you guys. You know what? I've had enough. Maybe you've had enough. And you know, don't forget, let's do all our homework. Let's subscribe. Make sure you follow Jade's podcast on Instagram. All this stuff is going to be on the Comedy Store YouTube page as well as mine. And you know, this is growing. Ne next episode, actually, next, next episode, we'll have some fancy velvet chairs and some guests coming up that are really, really exciting. So uh, don't get jaded just yet. Ciao. Jaded. Mano, vamos ficar jadeada. Ai, vamos lá.